Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash, like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP, but don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Know-how. General states pricing. Sales price does not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. On today's show, we're discussing Hocus Pocus 2 moving forward. On top of that, we've got a brand new trailer for the movie Antlers. And here we go again. The MCU debate continues with quotes from Bob Iger himself. Welcome to your Thursday edition of Collider Movie Talk. We've got a big lineup for you today, and we're going to discuss a good deal of it with Jay Washington and Matt Donato. But first up, call sheet. Item number one on today's list. Yeah, we're going back to it, this MCU debate, because people keep talking about it. The latest in this actually comes from Bob Iger, and Iger's comments did get a little intense. According to Fast Company, Iger specifically addressed Francis Ford Coppola's previous comments where he said that Marvel movies are despicable. Here's what Iger said. But when Coppola uses the words, those films are despicable, I'd reserve the word despicable for someone who had committed mass murder. More on this, including more quotes from Iger later in today's show. Now we're moving on over to that Antlers trailer. It's a Fox Searchlight and Walt Disney Pictures release. And it is a horror movie directed by Scott Cooper and produced, of course, by Guillermo del Toro. Carrie Russell leads this one as an Oregon teacher who discovers that a local boy is hiding a horrifying secret. Our thoughts on the trailer later in today's show. Now we've got a Jeff Snyder exclusive and one that makes me real happy. Jen D'Angelo who served as a writer and co-producer on Workaholics has been hired to write the script for Hocus Pocus 2, which is in the works at Disney+. Sources are saying that D'Angelo has been tasked with finding a way to bring back the original cast of Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimy. None are attached at this very moment, but the studio is apparently hopeful that they're going to get involved in this sequel in some capacity. Fingers crossed. All right, now we're moving on to two really cool stories over on Collider.com. 
on this first one. Academy Award-winning screenwriter Christopher McQuarrie took to Twitter recently to deliver a very passionate thread of tweets, giving advice for screenwriters looking to sell their scripts. There is just one potential problem with McQuarrie's advice, and as he puts it, you won't like the answer, but here it is. You're asking the wrong questions. It is a great read, and I highly recommend checking it out. You can do so after the show on Collider.com. And similarly, on Collider.com, we want you to weigh in on this one because we just got a brand new poster for Clint Eastwood's Richard Jewell, and Dave Trumbort dubbed it a shoddy Photoshop job on Collider.com. We want to know your thoughts. Is this poster that bad? Tell us in the comments section below. And in more Collider.com goodness, Adam Chitwood joined us for a little segment to tease this epic series he's been working on. Check it out. All right. It is time to welcome Adam Chitwood back to Collider Movie Talk. Hey, Adam, how you doing? Good. How are you? I am doing well. I'm so happy to have you on the show because this is always a great opportunity to highlight some incredible work on Collider.com. And you in particular have quite the feature series that you just wrapped up. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, why you're on Movie Talk today? Yeah, so I just ended How the MCU Was Made, uh, which I launched in April, um, which is a series that I I started. uh, Each entry in the series went into a different MCU movie, started with Iron Man, obviously, and kind of the making of the film and how it came together and the things that happened behind the scenes and what happened once it was released. Uh, as I said, it started in April, and I just posted the last entry last week, which was Spider-Man: Far From Home. What inspired you to do this to yourself? Uh, I mean, I'm genuinely fascinated by behind-the-scenes stuff, but I also, I mean, the MCU is the most consistently successful franchise going right now, and I kind of realized. I mean, I've been writing for Collider since 2010. The first Thor movie came was the first Marvel movie to come out when I was working for Collider. So I've kind of been like, you know, I very distinctly remember the entire Ant-Man process. I remember, you know, it was like within a span of three days that Edgar Wright left. Adam McKay was going to direct it. Then within the same day, Adam McKay passed. And then they were going on to three other directors and then finding out why did Edgar Wright leave and what was going on with the script. Um, So all of this stuff is still kind of fresh in my memory. And so um, it wasn't. Surprise, we're back, and I have the pleasure of introducing Jay Washington and Matt Donato. Yay. What's up? How you yeah. guys doing? I'm awake. Yay. You can show your been. shirt off for like one second and then put it away. Come back. I had to watch the gallows, too, and countdown. Are you recently. okay? I'm not okay. Well, no, the, the I, countdown okay. embargo has lifted. So it if has. anybody out there does plan on seeing countdown this weekend, what would you say? Um, if you are a teenager who's never watched a horror film before, you might find enjoyment with mm. it. It's extremely disappointing. It is. Because I was really considering going to see it this weekend strictly because this is kind of the last weekend before Halloween, and I expect to be able to see a new horror movie. But maybe I'm just going to skip that and stay home and watch something else. Yeah, I would, I've been watching so much stuff on Shutter. They have a yeah. great curation going on right now. How about like, a Shutter recommendation then? A uh, Shutter recommendation? I've been doing all their slashics, they call them, the slasher oh, okay. films. Um, I had a lot of fun with Slumber Party Massacre 1 and 2. Of course you two did. 2 especially. Also, The Mutilator. <laughs> also, I like I, how you perked up. I, 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 can't, I can't tell why. Because I go back to those old, like, I love the fact Sleepaway Camp is on there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sleepaway oh, yeah. Camp is one of my favorites. That, uh, 
uh, shopping mall is on yes. there. I was like, let's do all these are the ones I grew up on. Yes. So I'm like, I'm so informed. You're speaking and, our language right now. Yes, I, like I know. This. I'm, a horror, I'm a horror movie dude. I love horror movies. You're on the yeah. right panel then. So, you know. <laughs> Damn it, let's do horror. Speaking of which, our first story is about a Halloween classic, or at least it's a classic in my book. It's a We're classic talking, to many. Yeah, it really, I would say it is. I like to not make assumptions about everybody out there, but I feel like that's a safe one. Hocus Pocus is getting a sequel. It's moving forward. We've heard rumblings about this before, but our own Jeff Snyder has the exclusive on it that they're moving forward. They hired a writer, and that the plan is to make it a sequel with some of the original cast, specifically the wonderful ladies you just saw on the screen for a hot second they were i mean they're iconic the sanderson sisters bring too much joy to my life so even though yes i'm precious about the first hocus movie and Mm -hmm. i don't necessarily want them to risk that the fact that they're bringing back the original trio gives me some faith and i think they can kind of pull it off as it should i mean you want to see if you're gonna do a sequel a direct sequel and not what they tried on the Disney Channel and everybody was like, let's not ever do this again. Oh, they did do that, remember, didn't they? Yeah, remember. And that's why we're like, Ugh, I, ne- I never actually got around to watching that's why it. Remember, that's why we're men in blacking ourselves about that. What was the what was the story in that? I don't it was know, but the- I heard it was terrible. Oh, okay. I refused okay. to watch. Everybody was like, do not do this. If anyone else feels otherwise out there, put it in the comments below and I will go back yeah, and watch so it. Yeah, I heard it was <laughs> terrible, but the fact that you're doing this and if you bring the original trilogy back, if for nothing else, like it says, like it says in Jeff's article as well, just to pass the torch. Because this way you have them, you establish a new group of witches. Because at some point you, you want to see something new. You know, I mean, granted, I would love to see Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker, Kathy Jimmy, and Bette Midler all the way through this. But even at the very end, give it to a new group of witches. Because we couldn't go to a Hocus Pocus 3 with them still in here and be like, hope for the best. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I see this as like a class, the next class, kind yeah. of. Like, you know, you introduce the new witches and stuff like that. How and do then, you do that story-wise, though? I mean, that's why you've hired a writer that's, to do that. Yeah. I, mean, like, I guess this, so. This is the whole I'm, idea of it. It's like when I first heard that they were thinking about bringing the three of them back, it, it was almost like this could have had uh, like a little bit of an anthology quality yeah. to me where, you know, the black flame candle curse is just something that always exists. Yeah. Max lit it back then. Somebody else lights it eventually. And then in the future, somebody else could light it. And the three of them always come back. But by that standard, we'll consistently hope to have the three of them for each continuing sequel. You know what I'm saying? At some point, you have to figure out how to have it move forward. Or have them even just be like, you know what? We've been witches. I'm stuck in the past, man. I've been stuck in the past. You got to move forward here. (laughs) You got to move forward. I mean, I get it. I get it. But you do have to be able to have some way to move forward. Like Matt said, that's why you hire a writer who can make it easily go into this transition it i i see the hurt yeah i see it. i'm like yeah I wish i'm getting look, a little a little stressed I about it i wish they could zoom into perry's face to see yeah, the like hurt the, the reaction there was just kind of like she was offended don't she was offended almost she was just like well, i don't want to go nowhere like, i'm keeping my mind open i know what i want but i have faith that the team over at disney plus can come up with something that is satisfying well and again i, I have faith that they're doing a sequel and not a remake immediately yeah. so the fact that they're doing this continuation and not trying to you know push another remake is what's giving me a little hope and i you know now we don't have a director that's doing it we just have a writer so i'm posing the question you know like who do we think could do that because as someone who watches a lot of horror i think of 
people that could be of the young adult mentality. And, um, you know, I immediately I think of The Love Witch and Annabelle R. Oh, and I know that movie is not of the young adult mentality, but what she does with witchcraft and, like, Coventry there, okay. I think she can meld that into a Hocus Pocus kind of, like, more vibrant vibe. Again, you're challenging me to keep an open mind, but I, I'm I into am. it. But it uh, Again, I mean, you saw about looking offended. Oh, yeah, she I know. She's just I like, know, I was, I'm definitely not offended by that well, no, suggestion. That, no, no, it's the look you have, like, <laughs> the, two, the two, like, the two forms of witchiness don't necessarily align I, I agree with that but i think you can translate that into okay, something i okay. think that that could work for no way and i mean there's just so many female filmmakers though that could yeah. take that and honestly after watching book smart i might say olivia wilde because of the way that she deals with teenagers mm. and the way that she deals with those kind of characters i think that would be a really fun you just totally won me over with that one this is what we, I had, do. we had said a bunch of other names it's like i liked the Issa lopez one yeah, tigers lopez. are not afraid director but like, I'd be thrilled if she got the job, but the idea of Olivia Wilde I've been Wilde practicing this name, so I just want to say it. Agnieszka yes, Smoczenska uh, directed The Lore, which is a mermaid horror film in, like, like, it's a musical, but there's a lot of fantasy there, and there's a lot of world building, and I think that could translate into witchcraft as well. Who directed Anna in the Apocalypse? That, John McPhail. Oh. Can we go okay. back to what he just said? It's a horror mermaid film that's a musical. I've yeah, never European seen a European horror mermaid I, film. That's okay, that makes every sense in the world. It is later. Euro trash. It is amazing. It is so good. Watch <laughs> I mean, the lore. You would, also, you would not believe the horror. Like, I watch a lot of horror. I can't come close to this horror right here. and something new releases a year. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Do you face do you, okay? do you go outside like a... Yeah, and I review everything else, too. Oh, gee. <laughs> okay, Hocus Pocus. One, is it essential Halloween viewing for both of you? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's and now, two, In fact, before... Freeform will make me watch it whether I want to or not. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> two, before we move on to our next topic, because we are exactly a week away from Halloween right now, what is one other movie you want to throw out there that is essential Halloween viewing? Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth. The Evil Dead remake has become a new one for me. Okay. I, I, I'm, again, I'm open to both. I'm not the biggest fan of the Hellraiser franchise I, as it went on and on I and love on. Pistol. That one's got me. This is the end for some reason. I, that's oh. translated. This is the end. Like, one seriously, of the it's gotten yeah. into my Halloween watching. I don't know how, but This it, is it the is. end. It's so good. It is yeah. so underrated. Michael huh. Sarah gives a great performance and only being in this movie like for daddy. Eight. Sip? You sip? What's the juice? I gotta go back and rewatch. I don't think I've rewatched that since it first came out. Oh, you have to watch it. Oh, my God guy between craig robinson who is like he's a great friend but he's hilarious in this movie freaking michael Sarah in mean, the beginning every cameo just go with every cameo every ca- oh so i'll just say this the channing tatum cameo is one of the best channing tatum channing tatum i'm happy you brought this up because this is a movie that wouldn't have been on my list so i need some new additions it, here i'll take it upon rewatching it over and over again it really is one of the more competent horror comedies and meta horror comedies like of the last however many years and, yeah. and you don't want to admit it at first but then all of a sudden rewatching it you're like this is actually way smarter than people okay. give it credit they for they give so. it credit for because they're like I said, they're so meta about how they are, who they are. They acknowledge everything, but they go with it. You get you get Aziz and Zari falls in a pit trying to grab Kevin Hart's leg, and Kevin Hart like, "Get off me, Aziz!" Let him fall. It's just funny. <laughs> and Danny McBride is the great. There's nothing Danny McBride can do wrong at all for me. Danny McBride is that dude. Thanks to Danny McBride, I want to grow a mullet. <laughs> A black man I want with you a to mu- now too, a black actually. man with a mullet, a la Danny McBride. 
You can rock any look, Jay Washington. That is a I lie. believe I, in you. That is a lie, but I want a <laughs> mullet. <laughs> All right. Let's move on from that to looking ahead to a future horror movie, one that I am super pumped for. We got a brand new trailer for the movie Antlers mm-hmm. and uh, atmospheric, eerie, unsettling. There are so many descriptors I would apply to this one. What did you guys think? F them kids. <laughs> F them kids. Because, like, you watch in the beginning, just the beginning of it with the mm-hmm. skunk, and you just see Shorty pick yeah. up half a boulder. And you're like, that cannot turn out well. And you just see the way they cut to it, you just see him walking off with it. Mm-hmm. And then it just goes and gets more eerier every by the second. And then just looking at Jesse Plemons' face, it's like, oh, this is a horror movie. But, like, it just goes into it. Well, I like how the only word we hear of dialogue is the word daddy. So, for me, it's less about the kid and it's more about the family relationship there. Yes. Because, you know, w- what is this thing? Yeah, it, is thing. It, does, it, it does not look human because it obviously transforms into something in the trailer. No spoilers, obviously. But, like, mm-hmm. we see this is not a being of this world. And I want to see how that daddy word plays Just into it. Just for fun, can we do some predictions here? Yes. We can try. What, 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 do, you, what do you think it is? It's what do you think the rules dad. of this world are? I think it's some type of evil spell type deal. That brought his daddy back from the dead, and it's that monster, something like that. Because you don't just say "daddy." Some pet cemetery crap. Yeah, yeah, but with a human again, another human, a bigger human, not a kid, like a grown. I want, I want there to be something with. Um, do we know if Carrie Russell is the mother? I, she's I, the teacher. She's the teacher. She's the okay. teacher that finds out that he's hiding a secret. And I, I want think it to Jesse be Jesse Plemons is her brother. I want yeah, it to be something yeah, where, like, yes, the demon is. It's a demon. I want it to be a demon. I want it to be the father, and I want there to be some kind of weird, like, underworld kind of like entanglement going on there. See. So you guys think that the little boy is legitimately the son of yes. this I th- I, creature I, I want individual? It to be. If we're okay. making predictions, I want it to yeah, be. I, I think I'm that. going the opposite route because okay. I think it makes it even creepier if maybe this kid came across this creature and then looks at it like daddy and to take care of it. I've, I feel like that makes it even even creepier. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a, a big sell for me. Is like I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a sucker for movies that have any shot where someone lights a red flare. <laughs> I swear. Oh, yeah. I, I swear when that stuff started to happen, yeah, yeah, exactly. I thought immediately yep. of yeah. you. Donato Reds. I love that crap. So like the minute I saw that happen in the trailer, I was sold on it. I have a whole thread of just movies like, with scenes like that going on right now. I know now. Like, you do. And now you can add this to that. I, I mean, it does, it does look really stunning. I and I do it. think one of the things that the promotional campaign for this is doing really well so far is atmosphere and that seems to be a key component yeah. of, of the movie and i would say that's an important part of a whole bunch of scott cooper movies but yeah. i want to know what you guys think of the creatives involved in this because everybody out there knows i'm a huge guillermo del toro fan mm-hmm. so the second i heard he was producing this i was super excited but admittedly when it comes to scott cooper directed movies it's hit or miss for me i don't necessarily think any of his movies are just flat out bad but there's a good deal of them that are not for me I mean, I'm going to say the dude does tension well. So Scott Cooper, yeah. what he does, you look at, at Hostels is a Western, and he still is able to drag the tension out. Um, out of the furnace, too. Tension out the wazoo. So it's like, that's what's going to translate into horror for me. I know Black Mass wasn't great and stuff like that, but when you team him up with Guillermo del Toro, and if As del Toro is that here, involved in you- producing and he has that much of a hand in it, 
I think we're in store for something that could really be like a powder keg attention here. The one that really didn't click for me was actually out of the furnace. Really? Like, I wonder okay. I wonder if it was a matter, because I've only seen it once. I wonder if it was a matter of, you know, I don't know, the time of day, the mood I was in, whatever was happening in my life. So I wonder if it's worth a revisit. Do you like it? I, I mean, it's on the lesser scale for me. Okay. Like, Hostels okay. is my favorite. I, if you haven't seen that, I did think I, I did think Hostels was quite good. So I think he can translate his uh, signatures and talents into horror. It's not that, you know, mm-hmm. he's going to fail doing that. I think what he set himself up as as a director, he hasn't approached horror yet. But when you're working with Guillermo del Toro, it's probably hard to mess that and up. Nick Antosca. Yeah, that's yes, right. Sorry. And yes. Nick Antosca, Channel I'm Zero. Still, I don't care how many times I've said this. I am... Just so broken up about the end of Channel Zero yeah. that nobody is continuing that show well, is just an absolute he's crime. Work, is he not working with Mancini on the Child's Play uh, TV show? Was that was that something that was? I'm pretty sure Encosta's working with him on that too. So we'll get more. <laughs> I'm happy for anything that he gets to work on, but Channel Zero. No, I know. yeah, yeah. Channel, Channel Zero. Zero was sh- I was about to throw something else under the bus, which I'm hesitant to do, and no, be like, "Do it, Perry. That sh- be come throw on. it under the bus." Well, all right. Don't uh, parry yeah, yourself I mean, here. But I don't fully mean it. I was no, going to no, bring no, up American speak, speak. Horror. I was going to bring up American Horror Story yeah, because I sort- think yep. I think that is a subpar horror anthology compared to Channel Zero. But at the same time, admittedly, if you told me tomorrow that American Horror Story was coming to an end, but Channel Zero was coming back, I would probably still feel conflicted and upset <laughs> that's why i pulled back all right what do you think of uh the uh, creative team in this one i'm not a f- i'm not too familiar with scott cooper mm-hmm. but you tell me guillermo del Toro is doing something yes. that looks like producing something yeah. that looks like that you know that means he he gives his eye he knows that this is cooper's directorial this is his vision mm-hmm. but he gives his insight how about we go here with it? What about this? He gives suggestions that help bring out that horror element. And what we're seeing so far in this trailer seems like that. That is one of my favorite things about Guillermo. Not just the movies that he directs on his own, but I love how he kind of uses uses uh, all of the clout he's built up for himself in the industry mm-hmm. to, you know, help other filmmakers well, I mean, out Tiger's there make their afraid. projects. I was going to say, Tiger's Not Afraid recently. We talked doing about that. that. Yeah. We mm-hmm. talked about that. That was like, oh, yeah. whoa, whoa, okay. <laughs> but, I mean, he latched onto that immediately. He was never going to let that die or go into the like fade mm. away. Like he latched onto that. He brought that up during his uh, Hollywood Walk of Fame star. Mm. He brought up Tiger's Not Afraid being like, this is cultural horror. This is what we need to be supporting. So just like you said, and just like how uh, Jordan Peele is doing for like certain representation in horror, and he's building everybody. He's picking creators up and producing their films. Del Toro is doing the same, and. I, it's really exciting. Bringing up Jordan Peele also makes me think of this question. Yep. Do you guys think that Antlers could wind up being next year's, you know, Get Out, Us, or uh, A Quiet Place? You know, that that not the not big studio franchise type movie that could really strike a chord with a crowd and wind up making a lot of money? Uh, the only reason I'm scared to answer that is because if we do and we say, yeah, it could be and it doesn't be that, then it's like, man. You know, that, that, those expectations the you hype. put on it, yeah. the hype behind it, because there was no hype behind Get Out. There was just Jordan Peele's directing a movie, yeah. and we saw the trailer, a la we're doing with the Antlers, mm-hmm. and we were like, yo, I just need to see this when it comes out. We put nothing behind it. With A Quiet Place, we saw the trailer and was like, yo, John Krasinski is the director. Mm-hmm. Let's just see it. There wasn't a lot of hype and everything. Now when it comes to second films in that type of you know range, then you have the hype built up. When A Quiet Place, get ready, Quiet Place 2 gets ready to drop. When we saw the trailer for us. So you have those things. But I'd wait till we see this 
before we fully jump on that. I will not wait. And I'm going to say, I, be- I believe, I believe because the trailers are good and because of the people involved. I mean, I, I don't know if I can jump into it either. That's, that's really right, the thing, too. Fair, I can't say it's on that level yeah, because yeah. I also think there are films better than those this year. And I mean, like, us this year was like, yeah, it was fine. What but was your like, favorite horror movie of the year so far? This year? Uh, yeah. Climax, hands down. Yeah. All right. It's good. Uh, Jay, Jay, I'm with you. Us is still my fa- my second favorite movie of the year. As, as you now push away from me a little bit on the side of the... <laughs> I don't mean to downplay that. I just wouldn't put it at the top of my it's list right good. now. It's all good. Climax is is a very good entry to have at the top Climax, of your list. Climax, Tiger's it's Not Afraid, impressive. The Endless right now. So. All right. Before we move into our promos for what you have to look forward to on Collider Video, I got to tell you about a really cool thing. So we're doing a special screening of the new Apple series C, and this is going to be an IMAX screening of the pilot with a Q&A with director Francis Lawrence. And you're able to win tickets if you're in the L.A. area. All the information to do that is on Collider.com. So if you want to win, make sure to check that out now. Oh, so much stuff coming your way today. It's Thursday. That means Jedi Council. Here's a promo. Well, hello there. I'm Ken Napsok, one of the hosts of Collider Jedi Council. And I'd like to invite you to listen to our show, watch our show. It's on every Thursdays on the Collider video channel. And it's also available in podcast form if you'd like to listen to our sweet voices. On Collider Jedi Council, me, Christian Harloff, and a bevy of guests, I say, talk Star Wars. We celebrate Star Wars. We dig into the Star Wars news. We speculate everything about Star Wars, including your questions. So join us on Collider Jedi Council. You're going to have a great time. Hey, guys, it's Riley here. Let me tell you about the Riley Roundtable. You know it, right? It drops every Thursday on Collider Conversations. And I have guests from all across the space. John Roca, Gray Drake, Alexander Desplat came on at one point. We talk everything from movies. We talk about life and everything in between. What do you want to hear? What do you want to talk about? It's the Riley Roundtable every Thursday on Collider Conversations. You get it there. In addition to all that great content, I am going to let you know that you need to keep an eye on the channel later today because we've got a brand new episode of Hocus Focus coming your way with Beck Bennett. It is a blast. You're not going to want to miss that one. All right. The time has come. I I mean, admittedly, it hurts me a little to keep going back to this topic just because, you know, an air of negativity around film and us celebrating what we love. But also, you know, I know I know some of you out there are sick of hearing about this story. But the truth of the matter is it is an important conversation to have, especially when heavyweights like Bob Iger are weighing in. We do need to cover his comments. I'm going to continue on from the quote that we referenced in the call sheet. Here is the rest of his statement. I'm puzzled by it. If they want to bitch about movies, it's certainly their right. It seems so disrespectful to all the people who work on those films, who are working just as hard as the people who are working on their films and are putting their creative souls on the line just like they are. He also said, are you telling me that Ryan Coogler making Black Panther is doing something that somehow or another is less than anything Marty Scorsese or Francis Ford Coppola have ever done on any one of their movies? Come on. All right. Going to open uh, open it up to you guys first before we do big picture. What do you guys think specifically of Bob Iger's comments? 
I yes. mean, go ahead. Yes, sir. All right. I was going to say they're valid. I mean, that's he's defending his workers. I mean, the MCU is giving so many people jobs. Like when you sit through the credits on an MCU movie to see the, the end credit stinger, like you're there for a long time watching everyone that's involved in these movies. So, yes, I'm totally fine with Iger's comments because these are people's jobs. These are people working. They put their life into these MCU movies. And that's not to be taken for granted. He is 100 percent on the money. Everybody who gets in these projects are invested in them. You have a, you have like he brought up with Ryan Coogler with, with with what he did with Black Panther. He was invested. He put time into it. He made it have an impact that went past just the comic book spectrum. So yeah, that that's the small answer, right? Yeah. Just just to that quote, just, just, to, to, that that, quote. just to that quote. Yeah, I mean, I think that first quote where you know he said he's he's puzzled by it and referenced all the individuals that worked on the movie. I think that is a, a pretty accurate way to express what part of this conversation is really about and why you know it's not super cool to make statements like that. But now let's open it up to pretty much every statement made about this topic how are you guys handling it do you care anymore no stop talking about this stop wasting interview time with legends talking about this kind of stuff i mean i don't think okay wait so one question to what you just said though let's say you were a movie making legend and someone asked you this question how would you handle it i i mean what I don't think they're dinosaurs. People are calling these filmmakers dinosaurs. I mean, we're talking about Scorsese and Coppola. And yes, they are older, but they're still making good movies. I mean, just go back to The Wolf of Wall Street. Like, even if you just want to do that. Like, it's not like he's lost touch with cinema. Like, I kind of feel like these guys, A, have earned the right to say what they're saying. Mm -hmm. B, the MCU people have every reason to fight back on them because I think their points are valid too. C, I don't see how this conversation has any further value. Okay. May I? Oh, no. You may. I, I'm going to let you go off here. All right. Go, go. I better get comfortable. You, I, you I already know how this is going on. on. I brought a pillow. It's okay. I'm glad you did. They all have their opinions. They're right. They're entitled to have their opinions. Scorsese, Coppola, every other director that's coming out saying that you're absolutely right to feel how you want to feel. However, you cannot take away from what these movies have done. Also, to go with Matt, what Matt just said, stop talking about it. Stop. Stop asking. I understand people are going to ask them, but now it's becoming clickbait in itself. Mm-hmm. We get it. They don't like the movies. Fine. That, it is what it is. That's just like people who love Marvel and hate DC or people who hate DC or love DC and hate Marvel. Vice versa. They're going to have their opinions on it. That's fine. Let it be. But at the same time, you cannot take away from what these movies have done. These movies, just because they're comic book based are different type of movies. Again, I brought this up before we started, before we went on air. Thor is a Shakespearean play. No matter how people feel about it, it's a completely different thing. Like, you're looking like, oh, it's a comic book movie, but the way Kenneth Branagh brought it, it's a play. Like, yo, stop asking older directors who've been there, done that, what they think about new movies that more than likely they will not do. But also, Martin Scorsese was originally attached directly to produce Joker. Like, hey, bro, Do you forget that quickly? Like, you were about to be in the DC universe one way or another. It may not have been Marvel, but you were going to be in the comic book universe. So stop. Yeah, these films amass a lot of money, hand over fist, but bro, it's okay. And the other thing, too, is like, we're losing a lot of the nuance of these quotes, too. Because, again, these are quotes being put forward 
by the media. And I mean, I say that being part of the media. I know this. But like these are quotes being put forward as clickbait for a reason. They want people to start the fires. They want people to talk about this stuff like we're doing it right now. Mm -hmm. So you're missing a much larger conversation that's being boiled down to one or two poll quotes out of probably a long, a longer But I think it's statement. easy to do that because the MCU is a big thing. Of yeah, and exactly. Easy, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. It's easy to do that. You say, anybody says MCU with anything, that's what we're looking for. What are they talking about? Boom, put this out there. Because people are going to click to it. Yep. It's becoming, like I said, it's becoming clickbait. Stop. Stop asking them. No. Got to get that SEO money. I mean, like, it's just a reality. And the other thing, too, is like, I've dedicated a lot of my life to horror and watching horror and stuff of like that. And it's like, how many times a day do I have to hear that horror is not a real genre? And I horror brought movies up aren't, the same yeah, and horror movies yesterday. aren't something that should be appreciated on the same level. But you know what? That has not deterred my love of horror yeah. in any reason because it I means something to me. And I don't care what anyone else says. I think that's why I get sensitive about these quotes is because I'm, I'm with you. I'm not ever going to let somebody tell – like. Okay, here here's an example. Admittedly, does it make me sad when I review something and someone out there puts in the comments, oh, she's the one who liked Power Rangers. Her opinions are crap. Yeah, that makes me feel a little bad, but is that ever going to make me stop loving that Power Rangers movie? No. My fear is that maybe some other people can be swayed, and I don't want anyone to ever feel bad about, one, loving a movie, or I don't want someone who worked on one of these movies to feel bad about their work like their work is less than. I think that's the only reason I get sensitive that's about this topic, yeah. but I'm with you guys. Like, I want this to end. Just stop asking these questions so we can stop covering it. But in the case of Bob Iger... This was a really important batch of quotes to at least yeah. highlight because he's one of the leaders over there at Disney. And these people who can have, you know, maybe a larger voice than others because they are famous folks in the spotlight at the helm of big companies, they can sway the conversation a little bit. They can influence others out there. Mm -hmm. So I just hope that going forward, everybody chooses their words wisely. And yes, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but everyone also needs to be respectful of each other's opinion. So I hope that's the way this whole thing goes from here on out. I also like to say we too here at this desk can be very influential. We can make sure that we sway your opinion sometimes. If you want to like a movie with us, like it. If you want to be like Perry and love the Power Rangers movie, love it. Krispy Kreme donuts are amazing, yeah. even though I can't eat them. now. <laughs> but no, it's just, like I said, we just got to stop talking about it. But also, it's because there is no Marvel movie around. There's no Marvel movie around right now. We don't have one coming until, what, March, mm. April, whenever Internals is about to drop? Uh, Black Widow. Black Widow, yeah. yeah. When Black Widow drops. We don't have anything for a while. Look, the... Irishman is about to come out to everybody. It's about to drop on Netflix. Let everybody make their opinions on that. I don't want anybody going into the Irishman now because of all this going, well, that was just trash because now they're biased off of what he's been saying against Marvel. Like, no, if you're going to watch the Irishman and like the Irishman, then like the Irishman for what it is. But just like you can like Marvel movies, you can like DC movies, you can like any other type of film you can like horror movies i love the hellraiser franchise except the <laughs> ones they tried to remake for tv which were terrible also i like jason until they went to jason x because there's no well, reason jason should be in space yes there is no every reason, reason. <laughs> jason x is fun jason fought an android in space i just need you to say that out loud again. <laughs> jason fought an android in space what what is wrong with i feel that? like that was the worst person to yeah, just you, make are, that man you are the, in the wrong crowd right oh yeah now. i'm not gonna <laughs> yeah yeah no no 
Well, you know. All right, wait. In my before we wrap up this conversation, I, I'm going to say it. Hopefully, this is the last time we talk about the whole MCU auteur director debate. Be, but though. it's it's not going to be. And I'm sorry, guys, but we're always going to try to add to the conversation. And right now, I want to kind of try to add to it in a positive way. Oh, I got a positive is, one. Is there anything about what's happening now that you think could lead to positive change, or is there any silver lining to what we're discussing right now? You're going to have fans of. Scorsese, Coppola, all those movies who never would watch a Marvel movie, probably check one or two out to see why they feel like, why they, these big directors that they idolize, they, they are fans mm-hmm. of, feel like it's not cinematic. I would believe that. They might, it's not saying they'll go into the entire MCU, but they may check out one or two just to be like, let me see. Also, check out Chirac on Amazon. Thank you. <laughs> A plus plugs as always. Do you have anything for me, Matt? Man, I keep trying to think of some positive outcome here and some conversation that can come out of this that's like worth anything. And I'm having trouble. I, I seriously am at this point. Like we give, we've exhausted it. Older filmmakers do not like this new style of cinema. And but that's, this is how it goes in every industry. Like the titans of industry of old get mad when things don't go the same way and. Change is inevitable in future, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't know. I'm sick of it. I am going to hold tight to my usual idea that if we have to keep talking about this, as long as we can find some sort of, you know, insightful path through the conversation or encourage people to be more accepting of their opinions while also holding tight to their own, I think that's that's the best possible Absolutely. outcome Okay, this. yeah. I'll go with you then and say, like, I hope people stop using the term guilty pleasure. I'm going to say that <laughs> because I don't believe there's anything as a guilty pleasure. If it's a pleasure to me, I like it. I'm going to defend it. Is The Gallows a terrible movie to everyone else? Yes. Am I standing The Gallows on Twitter almost every day? Not The Gallows too, by the way, but just The Gallows? Yes, because that's not guilty to me. I like something. So, yeah, I'm never going to let somebody else's hatred or disapproval kind of kill my vibe. I'll watch The Hateful Eight on repeat, and a lot of people can't stand that movie. It's not a guilty pleasure to me. I'll tell you. I'll put on the extended version at night so I can go to sleep comfortably because I like to hear Kurt Russell do his best his best foghorn leghorn voice almost. But it's there's no such thing like you said. It's find no peace in yourself. Just accept yourself and don't listen to everyone else. Like and life is too short to worry nice about all this others. other crap. Yes. Not others. Others deserve it. No, no. no there there are some that you'd it, be yeah. like, you get what you deserve. I don't know. I take the kill him with kindness approach. Oh, that doesn't work yes, all we the know, time. Perry. I know. I know. I, hey, what, what else do I... It, it it's your brand more, and it suits you. It takes more out of me to to be negative and to lash back and to fight something. I'd Aren't rather... Are supposed to be from New York? Yeah, she's not a full-on New Yorker, don't worry. But I, can't, I mean, I kind of am. I don't, see, I, don't know why this, I don't know why this visual... Well, I, I don't get, like, full road rage, but I feel like there's some people in here who have seen me get annoyed well, on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, okay. You've earned that. But it's also, yeah. like, I'm picturing the way that... Because I used to live in Times Square and yeah. everyone thought I was crazy for doing that. But even the way that I operate as a New Yorker in terms of weaving through the crowd to get where I want to go, it's never, like, pushing people out of the way. It's just knowing about, like, the avenues that are easiest for me and then eventually i get what i what i need no no applause good all job perry right. good job perry humanitarian effort these shoulders are used for a reason trying, the traffic. Yep, yep, all yep. right let's see what we got cooking in the live chat today i am looking for something very specific 
Oh, actually, but, you know, I can't pass on a Mike Flanagan-related question. Go for it. Zeno Hour is asking, Mike Flanagan revealed he initially... Ooh, is this true? He initially met with Warner Brothers about a DC movie before getting the Doctor Sleep gig. Assuming Doctor Sleep is a hit, which DC character or characters should Flanagan direct? Flanagan can direct anything, and I will go see it. Like, I immediately gravitate towards, like, darker characters just because of his horror horror background. Um, but he does empathy really well. He does a lot of character building really well. So give me the Zatanna movie. Okay. Give me the Zatanna movie because of her being magic is always, it can be dark, especially when you're talking comics and we're talking DC and the character and the empathy. You love Zatanna. You watch her go through a lot. Give me a Zatanna movie with Mike Flanagan. Yeah, Thank I, you. I, industry. I could, I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback off yours just because you're way more knowledgeable on this stuff <laughs> than I am. You're the superhero. So that's yes, I agree. Resident supervillain. Resident Supervillain. <laughs> Speaking of your knowledge of uh, of all things comics, can you take a little minute to mm-hmm. kind of explain to everybody what the Wonder Woman uh, 2 news was today? Okay. They revealed who Pedro Pascal is playing. So, so a little one-on-one. Pedro Pascal is playing Maxwell Lord. Maxwell Lord is, a, you consider it a lower tier, just a little bit slightly lower, Lex Luthor. He's a businessman. He's an evil genius in himself. In the comic books, he once infiltrated the JLI, the Justice League International, just to get all the information on them to be able to take them down. He ended up having a mind device at one point that controlled Superman's mind to try to fight Wonder Woman. Now that probably won't happen in the, you know, in the movie, but to have a character like Pedro Pascal, who's doing so much that we love, he is the Mandalorian. We've watched all these things he's done to see what he brings to this conniving character who plays sweet on the front, but always has a, something, a trick behind his back, you know, under his sleeve and everything. So I just can't wait to see how they do this. This is also the first time Max Lord to be brought to to the cinematic screen because they brought him on Supergirl and they wasted him so bad on Supergirl. Yes, I watch Supergirl. I watch every DC TV show for the Mad Titan podcast. Scrap. But they, they're putting him on the screen. And again, you have when you have Gal Gadot, when you have Patty Jenkins, when you have Pedro Pascal, and you got Kristen Wiig too, this all is a good combination going forward. Yeah, I'm into it. Game on. Yep. I can't wait to see this Great trailer job. already. Uh Oh, wait, let's get to this. So this is a, a, a hocus pocus spoiler. Years later, it doesn't really count. Jonathan Carroll wrote, spoiler, didn't the witches die? Yeah, maybe Winifred turned to stone and then exploded in like a green flame ball or whatever it was. But there are also witches that were say, brought we're back by the black flame candle. We're it's supernatural. I feel like the possibilities are endless. I will actually also add on hocus pocus too. I hope they find a way to bring Doug Jones back. I actually think that given where where Billy's uh, storyline ends, they could do some like put a creative twist on his influence in a way that's different from what they did in the first Hocus Pocus. No, I, I'm, no? I know I could. I, I got to <laughs> think about the whole thing. But like the way you just broke that down, I'm piggybacking off you. I'm with it. Good if, writing. If Disney Plus needs any help. I'm, I'm ready to well, jump I was gonna in. Say, good writing can solve all problems. You oh, can write your way true. out of anything. Did you so. see what somebody just said in the chat? I don't what? know if you talked about it yesterday. There's another new member to the family of Fast and Furious. Oh, um, Cardi B. Cardi B will be in Fast and Furious 9, ladies what? and gentlemen. <laughs> yes, coming off of Hustlers, Cardi B is in Fast and the Furious 9. It's all about family and polls. I don't know. <laughs> I just want to see Cardi B snap out in Cardi B fashion, driving a car real fast. That's all. I feel like I'm Mark Ellis at this moment. That's, I just want to see Cardi B behind the wheel of a car, jumping over the Grand Canyon like, yeah. I'm just doing something. It's got to happen in this movie. That's all I want to go see this for. I don't even care if Vin Diesel's in the movie anymore. All right. Are you into 
Cardi B and Fast and Furious? Indifferent, I uh, guess. Yeah. I don't sure. Why not? Let's she just didn't have the biggest everyone. role in Hustlers. I was wondering if Hustlers would make me believe in her being in I'm, movies. But... I'm more intrigued in the whole let's get Keanu Reeves in the Fast yeah, and Furious. That That's where nice. I'm at. Like, I would Cardi like B, that. great. She'll be a supporting character. <laughs> Keanu Reeves is going to kick some butt. All right, let's get a Halloween question in the mix here from Bruce Crawford. Is there a certain film that you wished would be made as a Halloween-themed film? I wish they would make a Star Wars-themed Halloween movie. I it's mean, a good question. Why can we is, stay in Fast and Furious why? world? Yeah, Fast and Furious Halloween I think that's a great example. And why don't we get... So we have so many Christmas specials. Why, why aren't there Halloween more? Version? I mean, I'm sure there are some that aren't coming to mind right now. But we need more Halloween-themed events. I mean, you get the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. Yeah. Yep. You know, we're 30 years of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get, I mean, you get those... Hmm, what movie would I like to see as a Halloween? I just don't... I would do Fast and Furious, but somehow, some way, the word family would come up. I know it would. Because, yeah, because it's always about family. <laughs> it's about family, trick or treat. I was like, just going to say they go trick or treat or something like that. It's like a trick or treat heist or something. Let's do at that. First, at first, I wanted You're to think about uh, something that was the polar opposite of horror, but then my mind, I, I think about Final Destination all the time. I'm sorry. I love no, That's totally fine. Final Destination themed around where the opening disaster is Halloween related. Yeah, but what would be big enough? A disaster a, on that scale. Yeah, because think about it, every disaster. A haunted attraction. It's got to be a haunted attraction. Yeah, that, that is kind of what I would. Th- I mean, they've already done the amusement park, park thing, but, right. why, but why not flip it on its head and do, you know, a Halloween Horror like Nights kind of version? It just goes haywire kind of for some reason. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, like, how fun would it be to watch our, like, like a slasher icon get into the Halloween spirit and, like, what about like a Halloween Chucky or like what about Give a Halloween, Halloween Freddy? Halloween Chucky of all would be a very Halloween think Freddy would be hilarious. Well, that's a good idea too. Because you would just hear trick or treat, bitch. Like you would just keep hearing that all. <laughs> Wait, what if we go super meta and Halloween Horror Nights always until this year they've always had some kind of Chucky integration? Mm. What if you just go to Halloween Horror Nights, Chucky actually goes and like just go off the rails, just do something ridiculous? <laughs> that, with that almost has Hellfest vibes to me, which is another one that I liked more than Hellfest, most. Hellfest, Haunt, Bloodfest. I mean, Hellfest. Oh, I, forgot, I forgot about Bloodfest too. Didn't Bloodfest come out right around the same time as Hellfest? And it had all the same shots too, like literally ripping each other off. I don't know who came first, but it was hilarious. Like there was one tweet I did where it was Tony Todd versus Owen Edgerton's Ringmaster, and the trailer shot was exactly the same. I'm like, do they know they're coming out like the same weekend? Oh, <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, it was like really close to one another. I'm like, yeah, maybe you should have spread these ones apart. All right, you guys want to get one more question? Sure. Here? As long as it's not about bread. Oh, yeah, you, well, it, they, it's very difficult because Dorian is still flooding the, the he's, thing he's, with, he's, with, he's bread with the bread. He slides right. them in. How about, how about this one here? Rick Samoris wants to know, what are your predictions on the Wonder Woman 1984 trailer? So we are expected to get it, I believe, at the beginning of December or it's premiering at a convention then. But who knows when we're going to get it online, even though the assumption could be immediately after they present it. I don't know why they didn't drop it in New York Comic Con. I probably wasn't ready. Because that was my original assumption once they didn't do it at San Diego, when I heard no, mm-hmm. none of DC would be there. So I was like, oh, we're getting it at, San- at New York, but we didn't. We're going to see the closing shot be Steve Trevor no matter what. Because everybody, because we know he's back in the movie. So the closing shot of that trailer would be more than likely yeah, be They're him. not going to hide that. They're it's, not going to hide that. Well, they can't anymore. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, right, they, they can't they anymore. Hit it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We might get a tease of Kristen Wiig transforming. 
I that would be dope. I just want to see her not in plain clothes. Yeah, like <laughs> I want to see her fully embracing that role. That that first image was such a huge disappointment. Not because the image looked bad, but just because like I really like Kristen Wiig and I like her range and I want to see her use. I don't it. know if we're gonna get that in the trailer. To be to I be know, straight, I know. Yeah, well, I mean, just a bit. No, I mean, not like, yeah, yeah, not, yeah, like right. not the full thing. Just like enough, a hand or like something. a hand changing okay. something like okay. that. Just enough to get you hyped up to see Cheetah. I will be satisfied with that. I'd be good on that. I think it's gonna be more of an atmospheric trailer. Than anything, I think they're going to play it as a teaser trailer. Even though it seems like they waited a real long time to release it, I, think, I feel like they still got to play with the the building of the hype. This game. is Wonder Woman too. You don't have to play with it anymore. Think about it. Wonder Woman was such a blockbuster success that everybody's already on the bandwagon for. It. They want this. They've been wanting this trailer. There's no need to tease it. Kind of, sort of like how. Kathy Ann did it with Birds of Prey. They just gave it to you. But they didn't. But they didn't. That that trailer was all Margot Robbie. That That leaves the the door open from just a creative and a story perspective for them to go for the other ones. Trailers to date. I mean, uh, just along the whole way. Like, we get teaser trailers that are like two minutes anyway. So it's like. Yeah, they're like, here's the first teaser trailer. It's five minutes and has all the story (laughs) in it. Like, no, that's not a teaser. A teaser's 20 seconds in and out. That's a plot summary you just gave us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they could even do that maybe with this first Wonder Woman trailer where they could take the birds of prey approach and maybe mm. just focus on Diana. Okay. Like just keep the focus on her with maybe the little stinger of uh, of Steve Trevor at the end. Okay. But I don't know. We'll see. Well, we'll see what Patty do. Hey, Patty, if you're watching this, hopefully you take this advice. <laughs> She doesn't have to take our yeah, advice. I was going to say, I she does not she doesn't have to. I hope anybody out there affiliated no. with Hocus Pocus is listening a little bit to my <laughs> thoughts and opinions because I would like Hocus Pocus 2 to be my dream come true. All right. Goodbye, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> I get out of here. Literally Thank you so much for out. waking up early, Jay. I know you have all these like wonderful things ahead of you. Yeah, I'll be over on Collider Live in about 15 minutes, <laughs> so I'm just going to jump from here to a, run to the bathroom and go to another studio. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I'm going to go back to work. <laughs> and we're going to have you back on Movie Talk real soon. If Better. you guys want any uh, Halloween viewing advice, seriously, follow that guy on Twitter because endless suggestions there what's your twitter handle matt at donato bomb and also little wolf cop love here yeah so another one on shutter I go see wolf cop that, man i just watched that, <laughs> that old the in. other day i cried laughing the first Dude. time he changes because of how he does it i said oh oh one of the best <laughs> werewolf transformations in the last how many years i'm gonna yep 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 we're gonna leave Done. you with that we're also gonna say thanks to adam in the booth and dorian in the live chat everybody out there you heard it from jay going over to collider live right now they kick off at 10 a.m pacific we're gonna be back tomorrow morning 9 a.m pacific with a brand new movie talk napa know-how this month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. 
State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 